The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Brantz. Get a pistol players, officers, and people to bust them. And everybody else in between, the Cincinnati Bengals upset the Jacksonville Jaguars as double-digit underdogs uh, tonight. They were getting 10 points. They win the game outright. Um, they win the game outright, and the game goes over the number uh, tonight. And, of course, Monday night football games, 12-1 and to the under until tonight. 34-31 final score. Browning was absolutely unbelievable uh, this evening, he absolutely just lit it up. Like uh, Joe Burrow couldn't have been any better than what Jake Browning played uh, tonight. Browning, thirty-two, a thirty-seven, three hundred and fifty-four uh, yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions, made good decisions in the pocket. Uh, the only interception there was an interception tonight, but I believe it was T. Higgins who threw the pick uh, tonight. Trevor Lawrence was getting it done too. Trevor Lawrence, twenty-two of twenty-nine, two hundred and fifty-eight yards. This game. Took its toll. There was damage. Uh, it was Boyd. All right, not Higgins that threw the uh, the interception uh, this evening. Yeah, they ran some trick uh, gadget play that blew up on them, and it nearly cost them the football game. But props to the Bengals uh, for they kept on taking chances and throwing the ball down the field uh, tonight, and they ended up winning the football game because of their aggression. So yeah, Browning just uh, unbelievable performance. But this game took its toll, specifically on the Jags tonight. Trevor Lawrence left the game. It's an ankle injury. I don't know the extent of it. It looked pretty bad when it happened. I don't think, like, to me, as just sort of guessing, it looks like it's one of those things that'll be a couple of weeks. right? I don't think it was catastrophic. It looked bad at first, but he was walking a bit after. But they also lost Christian Kirk uh, as well. like there, And they lost other players along as, as the game went on. We're starting to see that now. You notice it happened last night, too. Like, players are getting hurt a lot now in the National Football League at this time of the year. Their bodies are beat up. It's just, you know, it's just, it's, you're going to see this on a weekly basis. You see it in college football as well. Shout out to everybody joining us on Sirius XM Channel 159. Sports Grid Radio Network and Television Networks. I am Maranci, 34-31. Bengals, victorious uh, tonight. We were on the wrong side I thought I was uh, I thought I was good earlier in the game. I had the a chance to score a touchdown Jags to win the game. Same game parlay plus 100. We did do very well with the props. And I really could have done really well, but I hammered some halftime props. And I took Trevor Lawrence in two different props. And I went pretty big on them. And, you know, I ended up, uh, ended up on the wrong side because Trevor Lawrence got hurt. It's a cold world. It's going to happen. It's the thing, like, when, when you bet on props, you've got to sort of accept that. It's not fun. It sucks. 
You don't get your money back. <laughs> you know, it is it is what it is. 107-102 right now for the Pelicans over the Kings. We've got the over 235, 234 and a half, whatever. And I got the uh, the Pelicans plus four and a half in this game. So far, so good. We could use the win on the way out here to get back on track. We're going to welcome our AM radio audience uh, shortly. A lot of stuff to unpack. We were just talking about Otani. And I see some people in our chat saying that um, players don't want to play in Canada, which is not true. Um NBA players is the only tough sell or tougher sell. And it's not really that tough. Right? I mean, people bring up, yeah, Vince Carter left the Toronto Raptors. All right. He also admitted after it was a big mistake. Right? And and T Mac. That was a long time ago. Right? And you gotta understand, too, the Raptors used to suck. It's you know, it's interesting. Different cities, it depends on the league. It's not the city. Like, a good example is the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs do not have a hard time signing players. Every player in the league will play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The only people that don't want to play for the Leafs are some people are actually from Toronto that, like, understand, no, no, I don't want to play on the Leafs, right? (laughs) Because of the pressure and the media and stuff. But the Leafs do not have problems signing players. The Toronto Blue Jays, like, anybody, like you said, I'm not calling anybody out, but I'm just explaining to you. Like, if you think that the Toronto Blue Jays can't get a player because they play in Toronto, you're an idiot, right? Like, Kevin Gott, like, the Blue Jays sign free agents all the time. Big-time free agents. Like, every year, the Blue Jays sign amongst the biggest names. George Springer, big name. Kevin Gossman, big name, right? Every year, the Blue Jays sign. The Blue Jays are a big-time organization. The Blue Jays spent, spend money. The Blue Jays were kind of... Bush League-ish for a couple of years. I don't know, like, maybe about 10 years ago or so. Like, they were cheap, like, sort of with their players. You know what I mean? Always arbitration and, you know, like, cheap food or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? But, like, the current regime of the Blue Jays is, like, really all in first class. So, like, the Blue Jays don't have problem signing players. The only, you know what I mean, the Raptors, whatever. Kawhi Leonard doesn't like cold. Kawhi Leonard didn't play in New York or Boston either. It wasn't Toronto. He doesn't want to play in the cold weather. And it's a similar, it's the exact same thing with New York, right? Like, if people think, oh, James Dolan, nobody wants to sign with him. Nobody cares who signs the checks, right? Cantor told me that when he was on the Knicks. He said, people think that, like, people won't play with the Knicks because of Dolan. And he said, it's not that. He goes, it's because they practice in Westchester and you live in the middle of nowhere and you're in traffic all the time, right? But you'll notice... Hockey players will play for the Rangers. They don't say, oh, I don't want to play for Dolan. They don't care. It's basically just the league, the culture of the league. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency. The pitch, the players, the hustlers, the people of Bustle, and everybody else in between. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates joining the party. That is the Monday night uh, meltdown, including the 50,000-watt uh, juggernaut, the Mightier 1090. ESPN Radio SoCal in the house, San Diego, repping uh, this evening. We got baseball talk. Speaking of uh, San Diego, where is Juan Soto going to end up? We know that uh, San Diego will not trade Soto to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Is he going to end up with the Toronto Blue Jays? There's a lot of talk that the Toronto Blue Jays are amongst the biggest front runners to get Otani. People in Toronto are reporting when um, when their pro shop. Um, is being rearranged. There's talk about, oh, my God, the Toronto Blue Jays general managers canceled a Zoom meeting. Something must be up. 
Yeah, I don't know. Something's up. Maybe the guy's going for lunch with his wife. <laughs> Maybe that's what's up uh, right now. Uh, when it's all said and done, I still believe that Otani is going to end up with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think Soto is going to end up with the Seattle Mariners, and I believe the Cody Bellinger will end up with the Toronto Blue Jays. But the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays basically are letting the hype build, right? You don't let a fan base believe that you are legitimately in the mix for Otani unless you legitimately believe that you are because you don't want to let the fan base down, right? So I think the Blue Jays think that they have a puncher's chance. Buster Only was tweeting out a couple hours ago that he's hearing that Otani could stay with the Angels. And listen, I like Buster Only, but I think that tweet could end up on freezing cold takes, all right? Why the hell is he going to stay with the Angels? Like, really? <laughs> I don't think he's staying with the Angels at this point in time. So is he going to really, is he really moving to Toronto? Is he going to join a Toronto Blue Jay organization that is loaded with talent, but it hasn't won in forever? Or is he going to join the Los Angeles Dodgers where he doesn't have to move houses? And what, where is Soto going to end up? Will the Yankees really put $400 million on the table? Because if you trade for Soto... You're going to have to give up a lot, so therefore you're going to have to know that you're going to sign him to a long-term contract extension. The dude's already turned down $440 million. Speaking of $440 million, Jake Browning looked good tonight. Pay the man. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gable Morency. The pistol parts, officers, the people that bust them, everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Uh, we've had a uh, great show so far. Quickest 108 minutes in sports talk radio. Last hour of the program getting picked up uh, right now uh, by our AM uh, radio affiliates, or at least uh, some of them. Uh, 113-105 for the Pelicans. The Pacers uh, won uh, their leg of their uh, semifinal of the play-in tournament against the Boston Celtics this evening. So we might have two underdogs uh, winning tonight. The Pelicans are up 113-105 on Sacramento. There's under five minutes remaining in this basketball uh, game. The in-season tournament um, has delivered. As um, you know, the, the players are into it. 
at least some of the teams uh, have been into it, and the television ratings have been very good uh, for it. I imagine it'll be pretty good uh, on Saturday for the final as well. So one thing I'll give them credit for about this tournament, listen, there's a lot of, now this is the first year that they did it. They'll they'll tweak it as it, as it goes, but they didn't really do a good job of explaining it. I wouldn't have the games as spread out as it as it has been, you know what I mean? Where, you know, is it a tournament game? Is it a tournament game? Like, what's what's the method to the madness on this? They should have just had sort of a bunch of the tournament games and then just sort of went on with it as opposed to stretching it out like they did. But I think they can learn. I think they could have done a better job explaining the format to people about the point differential and all that. I mean, players and coaches didn't even know when they were on the damn court. But with all that being stated, the numbers don't lie. And the television numbers have been like double for in-season tournament games than what they have been for just like non-tournament games. So I don't know. I can't, I don't, I can't explain people's mentality. I don't know why. Why? Because there's a different court on the floor that you're going to watch it more. But whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. So we'll keep our eye on this game. But let's get to the college of football debacle, the travesty that has uh, transpired Florida State becomes the first Power 5 conference football team to go undefeated and be left out of the college football playoffs so they can get the mighty SEC in. And I totally do understand that the committee was in a very difficult spot, right? There's four spots. There were more than four qualified teams. I understand that hard decisions needed to be made, but I think that the decisions... I think that a fact that a team is undefeated, that they are not part of the decision process. As Florida State lost Jordan Travis. Now, we can look back on this and actually ask, and this is a legitimate question, and I'm not victim-blaming here, but why the hell did Jordan Travis get hurt playing against Northern freaking Alabama? Like, seriously. Like, all right, you played the cupcake game, fine. You want to play the cupcake game, all right, but then don't play your star players in the cupcake uh, game. And I guess so it was senior day or whatever. So then whatever, have the players roll out, wave to everybody, and and, and go stand there. But I'm not I'm not blaming them for getting hurt. But if, in hindsight, when you look back, it was a pretty stupid game to get your quarterback hurt in, okay? Uh, especially when you were playing for a national championship. But I'm not blaming them at all. And in fact, I think it's, I think, like I said, this is nothing against Alabama. We'll get to this, you know, we'll get to Bama, but to me, a team shouldn't be penalized because one player is out and they win without him. You wanted them to lose. They didn't. They won the football game by double digits. And then you hear after a while, it wasn't very impressive. They're not as good. So if they would have won the football game 40 to 30, and this is and, and this is true. And this is how whacked out these people are. So if they would have won the football game 40-30, to they would have said, well, their offense is good and nobody, you know what I mean, and and it's fine. But you win by by double digits, but you win on defense. So what they're basically stating is, you know, that college football, the college football playoff rankings are not, it's not your, it's not your record. It's are you flashy or not? Let's just call it out for what it is. That point blank, right? That's they won by double digits. So would it have been more impressive if they won forty to thirty? I guess it would have been. If they would have won thirty to twenty, I guess it would have been. Right? Like I don't know. Texas gave up what twenty one points to Oklahoma State. 
right? And they didn't lose a game, right? Like, so they lose their quarterback, and then they go into Gainesville and they win. They lose that quarterback that they have. They go into a conference championship game in a game that everybody said they're going to lose against a potent Louisville offense that couldn't score a touchdown on them. So they like they win with their second-string quarterback, and then they win with a third-string quarterback who's a stud prospect that had never played before. And then they win again. And then you want to tell them that they're not good enough. And these are the same people that'll tell you that, like, why the Ducks should be 10-point favorites, right, against the Washington Huskies. Well, well, because they're just much better and because... So a bunch of people that don't play the game, that have nothing to do with it, are going to sit back and decide who's better or not. Well, you know, they're not really one of the four best teams, even though they play the games. And since I say and they only average 5.5 yards per this, and right? But you all hyped up. They all wanted to hype up the, the, the Ducks. You know what I mean? The Ducks were the greatest thing ever. They were 10-point favorites. Florida State can now beat the Georgia Bulldogs, who they're playing in the bowl game. They can beat the Georgia Bulldogs. And then people will say after that, oh, yeah, but Georgia didn't really care about the game. Like, whatever Florida State does or did would be irrelevant. They had their mind made up. They didn't want to leave the SEC out. And they weren't going to leave the SEC out. Never mind the fact, okay, Alabama beat Georgia. I mean, this is also the same Alabama team that needed a Hail Mary on a 4th and 31 to beat the Auburn Tigers, the same Auburn Tiger team that lost to New Mexico State the week before. The Arkansas Razorbacks are terrible this year. Hog Nation wanted their coach, like, you know what I mean, sleeping and uh, rolling with the pigs, and they nearly beat Alabama. It's not like Alabama's been some juggernaut this year. They beat Georgia, right? A team that they know well. It's one of those rivalries. They, you know what I mean? They beat Georgia. It's not, and I'm not. I'm not dismissing Alabama. Alabama deserve it. They won the SEC. Figure the SEC champion should be in. But whatever. Like if you're undefeated, that overrides it. And oh yeah, by the way, so Florida State. What is the point of Florida State playing LSU two years in a row on a neutral field and beating them twice? So imagine telling Florida State, yeah, you guys are thirteen and zero, and you beat. You also played LSU and smoked them. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the LSU quarterback is going to win a Heisman Trophy. So these guys, watch. I'm telling you, we all know Daniel's going to win a Heisman Trophy next week. So the Florida State Seminoles go 13-0, including a win over the Heisman Trophy winner, but they're not good enough. Right? It's the same crap that kept Ray Guy out of the Hall of Fame for as long as it did. Right? You always hear these. You always hear the crap, right? The coaches and people will preach, well, football is three facets of the game. Offense, defense, and special teams. Well, you have the greatest special teams guy ever, but you don't want to put him in the Hall of Fame, right? And, you know, all this, it's all just a pile of crap, right? So defense doesn't mean anything. So the fact that the Florida State Seminole defense held Louisville to six points, shut him down, doesn't mean anything. Who cares? It's a beauty pageant. You better be able to score points. Otherwise, it, you know, it doesn't count. The whole, the whole reason of sport and the whole cool thing about like the Olympics and the World Cup and actual supposed to be sports, the NFL, it doesn't matter whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're red, green, blue. 
It doesn't matter whether you came from the suburbs and you played it like Don Bosco Prep or whether you played like street ball, right? It doesn't matter. Like as long as you got to where you are, then it's an even playing field and let's compete and let the best team and the best player, the best fighter win. Evidently not, right? I mean, what what is this? This is like boxing. Like seriously, I called football is like boxing or figure skating with the crooked, uh, the Eastern European block, right? All the, the you know the, the crooked SEC block decided to block out. Never mind the fact that they kicked our ass at LSU, and let's hype him up for the Heisman. No double standard there. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Sports Rage. I am Red. See, ever notice actually that? Uh, all right, we got to get a picture up. Actually, I know it's a little late right now. I don't know we'll pull this off tomorrow. My guy Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas, he's a dead ringer for Travis Kelsey. They look the same. <laughs> <laughs> I never really realized this till now. The beard going and stuff, and I'm thinking, I don't know, man. A little bit bigger than uh, than Travis Kelsey, and Travis is a pretty big dude. But uh, I like Jonas Valanciunas should dress up <laughs> as Travis Kelsey at Halloween. And I saw Kelsey talking about wanting to play in the NBA the other day. He should just sort of show up and slide in and put a Pelicans jersey on to see if anybody notices. 126-117. If you guys recall, before the year started, I picked the Pelicans to win the Western Conference. I wanted to be different. It was 30-1 to 1 for the Pelicans to win the Western uh, Conference this year. I expected big things out of Zion. You know, Ingram's playing for a contract. He's playing for money. McCollum is good. They have a good mix like uh, of players. They don't play defense, but the thing is, not a lot of teams really do play defense in the NBA. So this whole while you got to play defense to win, yes and no. I mean, yeah, you're better off. I mean, when you get to the playoffs, you have to be able to play defense. And I know they they debated it tonight. I saw Chuck and uh, and Shaq and everybody was debating it about the Pacers, like if they could just sort of flick the switch. And I agree. I agree you can't just flick the switch when the playoffs start and start playing defense. 
because you develop bad habits. Playing defense isn't just trying hard. It's actually being like, it's harder to be in a groove on defense as a team than it is on offense. Like being, being a good defensive team takes work and practice and cohesion and stuff. So you can't, it's not just a case of, oh, now I'm going to play lockdown defense, right? It doesn't really work that way. But at the same point in time, there's really not that many teams that play defense. So there's only a hand, like a small amount of teams that you're going to go up against that it's actually a problem for you, right? I mean, that was sort of like the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets aren't the greatest defensive team in the world. They got better at it. They realized, all right, we got to get a little better at it. It's the same thing in football, like with Super Bowls. You don't, like, the number one defense usually doesn't win, right? Normally teams, it doesn't matter what sport it is, you'll notice, like, basketball, football, the team with, like, this, like, oh, they got a great defense, they normally don't have a good offense. (laughs) The New York Jets have a great defense. Good for you, right? Like, there's a lot of teams that have very good defenses, but if you can't score, it doesn't matter. Basically, the gist of it is, if you want to, like, play the Super Bowl, is you're better off having a better offense. Basically, they say defense wins championships. Yeah, but offense gets you there. So you want to get to the championship with offense, and then you want to have a better defense than a team you're playing in the championship. That's kind of the way this stuff plays out. And speaking of which, let's get into the uh, – so we're talking about the college football semifinal matchups. Listen, we can go on and on. I'm kind of at the back end of this. I feel like everything has been said already. Right, I mean, we're coming on now. I tweeted about it yesterday. I understand the committee was in a tough spot. I'm not trying to dismiss what Alabama has accomplished. I get it. Right, you get into, I mean, who's you know what I mean? It's the thing is, it's not who we think the best four teams are. It should be who what the records are. You're the ACC now. Moving forward, though, there's something more seismic about this, and we'll bring in Mo Khan in a second, but. The powers that be right now, basically the SEC and the Big Ten have hijacked college sports, specifically college football. Look at um, the Pac-12 has ceased to exist right now. So the pow- what is the Power Five? There is no Power Five anymore, right? The Pac-12's gone, and it's pretty clear the committee just sent the message to the ACC, you're not a power anything conference because you just went 13-0, and you might as well be freaking Liberty as far as we're concerned. Let's bring in Mo Khan uh, right now. Mo, um, here we are. We're more than 24 hours uh, later, and the, the debate continues. The conversation continues about FSU becoming the first Power 5 school to go undefeated and being left out. And the whole thing that they're not as good without Travis there, to me, is a mockery and a debacle that they've actually won without him to show they're more than just one player. And they win their conference championship game by double digits, right? By double digits. But I guess if they would have done it 50 to 40, that would have been okay. But since it was 16 to 6, it's not quite as, as good. I think it's a travesty. I think it's a debacle. I think it's the biggest screw job in college football history. Actually, just point blank, as it's never happened before. What's your take, Mo? It, it reminds me, if you remember, Gabe, and not to use the injury as an example, but 2000, FSU-Miami, right? FSU lost to Miami, but FSU played Oklahoma in the BCS title game. Miami got screwed over. I think with FSU, the eye test didn't pass what the voters thought it should have been. 
uh, an offensive output that was lacking from them and the fear that, hey, this would have been another blowout against Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Uh, that would have been the case. And if that was the situation, look, this is all about entertainment and dollars. And Alabama brings that cachet that FSC was lacking without their quarterback in play. And look, with all due respect, Gabe, this has been a complete mess from the committee side, from the ACC side, who, by the way, did vote not to have the expansion of the playoff uh, to eight this year. And who knows what could have happened if they did say yes, let's have the full eight, and their FSU would have been in there. But at the end of the day, this is a complete travesty to FSU, who deserved to be in this tournament because they went undefeated in a Power 5 conference, and yet they got screwed over because Alabama, being the better play right now, being the hot hand going to the Final Four in a month's time. And Jaden Daniels going to win the Heisman this week, and they beat the Heisman yeah. Trophy winner two years in a row. So, like, they, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? So, not, not two years, but you know what I mean? The same guy two years. So, they, that's the whole thing. They beat LSU earlier in the year. It's not their fault if the Miami Hurricanes or the Florida Gators are down. They beat the Clemson Tigers, right? I mean, you, you look at their resume, and it's super impressive. You can't, and, like, to dismiss the ACC, fine. That's what they want to do. But, oh, yeah, by the way, they smoked LSU in the season opener as well. But I guess right. the SEC doesn't want to hear about that. And it's funny because the SEC will be super proud of the fact that Daniels wins the Heisman and they've campaigned for it and they pushed it. Well, FSU kicked the crap out of your Heisman Trophy winner. And what it's insulting to me, and I brought it up earlier, sort of like Ray Guy, right? They always talk about how football is three, three facets of the game, right? Defense, offense, special teams. Well, they didn't want to put Ray Guy in the Hall of Fame. They finally did after like a million years, and they finally did after you see other special team guys aren't in. So it's just lip service. They don't really respect it. Now we're seeing in the modern era, they don't even respect defense now. Like like I said, no. if Florida State would have won 40 to 30, that would have been more acceptable. Wow, look, it was entertaining. Right? And you know, it, it just would have been different. Never mind the fact that Rotomaker's gonna be back. Now, I'm not gonna disagree, Mo, in the sense that if if FSU was playing Michigan or if this FSU team was playing against Texas or Washington or whatnot, they'd be underdogs. But you know Absolutely. what? The Washington Huskies were 10-point underdogs the other night, and they won the game outright. Like So this whole judging about who, who people think are better teams, that's not why we play sports, Mo, right? Sports are supposed to be the equalizer. No politics, no race, no class, rich, poor. We decide it by results. That's clearly not the case when it comes to college football. And it won't change next year with 12 teams. No, and, and let's not forget, the ACC went 6-4 and four against the SEC this year. Right? So, so they had a better record in the head-to-head against the SEC. And, and here's the thing, though, Gabe, right? If I'm FSU, as angry, as vexed as I am right now, they have to get the ACC. they got to go to the Big Ten because it's quite frankly that it's pretty obvious that the SEC does not want them in their conference. If they were a Big Ten team they would have been in the Final Four game. Let's call it for what it is. But because it's an ACC thing, and I, and I believe that because of Jim Phillips saying no to the playoff expansion, he got burnt in the end. And, and, it, and it hurt the profile of the That's ACC. That's a great point. It hurt, the it hurt the profile of the FSU uh, program now. And if you're Mike Norvell, game, how do you recruit kids? Because they're going to say, well, hold on here. If I go to FSU, we go 13-0 again. What happens if we don't get in? I just because saw you Alabama not get in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. No, so I just saw you you're not going to get in. It, look, Gabe, the reality is now, in five years from now, it would be two power conferences, the Big Ten and the, and the SEC. The and ACC, look, yeah. Look, all four teams will be in the, AC, the SEC or the Big Ten next year. Absolutely. That's what it is. It's year. Like, big dogs. 
okay, what happens when we expand to 12? So they're going to do the the power conferences, so the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. Um, you know, it's just, it's. I get it. Somebody had to be left out. It would have been a difficult decision to leave the SEC winner out. But the fact that the SEC winner lost to Texas sort of opened up that door a little bit uh, to me. And, I mean, the whole thing is, Mo, like, why why did the why did the USA take the ice in nineteen eighty against the Russians? They didn't have a chance, right? No. Right? right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Why like why why did why does why did Tom Brady take the field against the Rams? Like, Drew Bledsoe yeah. was hurt. Maybe the Patriots shouldn't like show up and play this game. They won the game. Like you know what I mean? Like that's sports. We don't have the right to sit on the sideline and tell somebody that no, no, even though you've never lost, you're not as good as this team that did. But as you stated, the ACC, the message has been sent like that. And a great call by you that they, they've they always been difficult with everything instead of just playing along with the modern, the modern era of sport. And you and I both know, man, it's Sankey and the Big Ten, whoever runs the Big Ten, and when they're doing it, they're the head of this cartel, right? They but really next are. year, guys, yeah. in the playoffs. So, all right, you'll get the ACC team in, but everybody else, don't think you have a chance. So, in other words, like right off the top of my head, Ohio State would be in, Georgia would be in, Penn State will be in. <laughs> so, who am I missing? <laughs> I guess that, that's, you know. So, there'll be like seven or eight of the 12 will be from the SEC to Big Ten. It'll be just more of the same on a bigger scale, guys. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California... And starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, quickest 180 minutes in sports talk, radio, and television. So we got our boy Mo Khan in the house dealing with snowstorms on the East Coast. Let's talk about the Rose Bowl, which is going to be hopefully a beautiful day. I already, uh, I'm going to be there, but I didn't know who was going to be in the game. And I was like, oh, God, it's not meant to be for Michigan. So then Michigan are in the game. Good news. Bad news is they get Alabama in a game that's basically close to listed as a pick 'em. 
the opening number, the you know, we're always on top of the opening numbers. The second the game was announced and, and, and the number was posted, Michigan were favored by two and a half points. The money came in early on Alabama. There was a, a one-point move. It's settled in right now. It's been one and a half for the 24-plus hours since the announcement. The total is currently 45 and a half. It's been bouncing around 45 and a half and 46. And there hasn't been any line move with the number with Texas and Washington. Texas opened up as four-point favorites. They remain four-point favorites. Uh, the total, though, has climbed. The total was 61 and a half, and that's up to 64 uh, right now as the betting market is expecting points in the Texas-Washington game in the Sugar Bowl, home of the Saints in New Orleans. And, of course, Alabama-Michigan are the Rose Bowl, 5 o'clock Eastern Monday, January the 1st. So we'll we'll have time to get uh you know get your picks uh mo uh for yeah. the game but what's your early thoughts of the Alabama and Michigan matchup as i mentioned Michigan are small favorites in this game with a pretty pretty um low number as far as the college football game at uh, 45 and a half right now for the total what's your early impression of the matchup early thoughts is uh, sorry Michigan's offense can they get more efficient in the red zone i mean they they, they had against Iowa who's a really good defense they really couldn't move the ball as well as they desired so when you look at this offense Blake Corum McCarthy these guys that's going to be the key right how much rhythm will they have with their receiving core and i think that's going to be key for them against a, a very good Bama defense you look at Dallas Turner coming off the edge you look at the secondary without Cooley McKistry right they they locked down Georgia's receiving core. So I, I, that is going to be the key is how do they dissect this Bama back seven? So the linebackers and the back four of the secondary, because quite frankly, Gabe, as, as it's been so far for Nick Saban, this is probably his best coach team ever uh, at Alabama. And I just think that going to this game, the early thought is going to be how well can the Michigan offense produce? They can't kick for field goals. They have to go for seven against a very good Bama offense that's gotten better week by week under Jalen Milrow. It's a good point that you raise because Michigan, you're right. Michigan have to convert in the red zone. Michigan don't want to go up and down the field, settle for three, and then have Milrow hit Bond or Burton for some bomb, and then suddenly you're down seven three, right? Like, so I, I totally, I totally understand the big playability. I will say this, and in my, I'll ask your opinion on this. Alabama's defense is very good. I know they've got the speed. That uh, that some defenses don't have. They're extremely well coached. But one thing with Michigan, they've been in, a, in sort of a situation where they just know they need to win the game. So they don't need to put up a ton of points. They rely their defense gives up the less than ten points a football game as well. But mm-hmm. they played some really good defenses. So I'm wondering, is Alabama's defense better than Penn State's defense? Is Alabama? You know what I mean? Ohio State's got a very good defense as well. I mean, you look, we're talking about elite defenses that Michigan just beat. Iowa's defense gives up 10 points a game. They just put 26 up on them. So I'm not going to dispute it that Michigan could be a little bit more fluent, you know what I mean, offensively, even though they average 37 points a game. They rank 10th in the country right. offensively. But right. I totally get that. But you cannot, you can't debate. They played some really, really, really good defenses. The Iowa Hawkeye defense, Penn State defense, Ohio State defense, all elite defenses. No, no question, right? And the thing is, when you look at Alabama, people are going to say, well, what about Texas? Well, Texas has probably the fastest team in, in the nation right now and probably the biggest receiving core in the nation. And Alabama at the time wasn't ready for that. And, but you look at how they play. They're, they're better coached now, Gabe, right? And if you remember Nick Saban, what he said after the Texas loss, 
He goes, it's just the midterm. It's not the final exam, right? We still have a half a year, the remainder of the year that it was back in early September to correct our mistakes. And that's what they did. And you look at that game in the SEC title game in Atlanta, the way that they were fundamentally speaking here, they took away passing lanes. They did not give Georgia breathing room. And I think that's going to be a key for, for Blake Corum, the running back for Michigan. Can he kind of soften up this Bama front seven to open up those passing lanes for McCarthy? Because if he does, it really puts Bama on their heels if they cannot stop the run. So I think Blake the Great uh, Corum is going to be key in this match for how this plays out for Michigan early on at the Rose Bowl. I agree. I think also this is a game that Donovan Edwards needs to step up to. It's going to take more than one. Bama are going to punish Blake Corum. Edwards is fast. Like that one-two punch, if he can deliver – I do believe in J.J. McCarthy, who's now 25-1 and as a starter in the 26 games that he started. The only loss was to, to TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as Alabama is concerned, okay, people keep wanting. And for the record, you know, I didn't bury Milrow. I liked the kid. I thought people overreacted after the Texas game. I believed that Alabama was going to be fine as well. But at the same point in time, Facts are facts, and yeah, they beat Georgia, but you know as well as I do, when you get into these division rival, conference rival type of situations, not to mention they play each other, they played each other yearly in these big games, there's a pendulum that's going to swing, you know the opponent inside out, they don't know Michigan inside out, they know Georgia inside out, right, so it's a little bit different dynamic here, and let's not forget, it's amazing, isn't it, Mo? It's almost like when the Virginia Cavaliers won the the basketball championship. Like, so many calls that people remember, man, came down to, is it out of bounds or inbounds with a second left and weird calls. Alabama were a fourth and 31 away from losing Auburn, right? So they hit the Hail Mary, lucky play in the end zone, and here they are right now, an Auburn team that lost to New Mexico State, bro, a couple of weeks ago. And it wasn't just that, all right? Not just that, but... Arkansas, Mo. All right, that yeah, wasn't that long ago, yeah. bro. Arkansas, Arkansas, yeah. like had a down year this year. Twenty four, uh, twenty one, freaking battle, bro. Right, like this isn't a dominant Alabama team. Extremely well coached, good football team, but not a dominant team. No, it, it isn't. But but the thing where they've really improved on is the O line play. Because you look at the quarterback pressures on Milro, it's been very minimal. He's not been sacked. I think he's been sacked like four times in the last five weeks, whereas in the first half of the year, he was sacked over 20 times. But I just think Tommy Reese, the OC, has catered to the strengths of this team. Because remember, Gabe, as great as this team has been the last like decade plus, right? they've always had veteran-laden rosters. This is a rather younger team in the SEC. So these guys are learning on the fly how to win as they move along here. And if that O-line plays well for Alabama, if they're able to open up the, the running game for the for the, for the for the tie to get those three, four yards per carry, this makes it easy for Milrow because, again, he's just so lethal now, and he looks much more mature as a pocket passer. And you saw some of the throws he made in the fourth quarter against Georgia. Those are throws he wouldn't have made against Texas back in September or against USF when he came here for a spot a cameo. So I just think for Milrow, He's just gotten much more mature with his processing development, and now he is as a quarterback now compared to where he was back in August at camp and where he was in the first couple weeks of the regular season. You know what my concern from a Michigan perspective is about this game? Is that if you look at the quarter, like Michigan, I just talked about Michigan playing really good defenses. So I actually think their offense will be able to move the ball. Um, I'm not saying up and down the field, but I think their offense will be able to move the ball. And my concern 
from Michigan's point of view, is Milrow and his mobility. If you think about it, Mo, look at the teams that Michigan played this year. So I talked about them playing really tough defenses, but Penn State would be in the playoffs right now if what? If they had an experienced star quarterback, right? Alaire is a young kid. He was a little bit raw. McCord, good. Not quite like great, great in a transfer portal today, incidentally, too, right? But um, um, not a mobile quarterback. Iowa, great defense. Their offense is terrible. So this is the one thing, as good as Michigan's defense is, they haven't seen a big scrambling quarterback that, oh, yeah, can also throw the ball 70 yards in the air, right? So I'm worried about Milrow burning them with his legs on the ground while they're covering everybody and everyone's got their back to them because we've seen, you got to say, Michigan did a nice job. I know Harrison had a couple of big plays and 80-plus yards and stuff, but he only had three catches on the day there, Mo. Michigan's secondary is freaking elite. They do a great job of taking the other team's best players out of this. You're going to have to deal with Bond. You're going to have to deal with Burton. You're going to have to worry about Milrow in the backfield. Hey, this is a great football game, Mo, and it's a pick for a reason, isn't it? I, I can't wait. And I said after after uh, Saturday night, if it's Michigan-Alabama, this might be the highest-viewed semifinal game for college football. And I know we, we, we were all on the FSU bandwagon for them to be here, Gabe, but from a TV number, though, this is going to replace what happened the last couple of years in the semifinals where it was complete duds. I just think now in the situation that we're in for Alabama and Michigan, watch out for the underlying story of Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban. Remember when, when Harbaugh got hired by Michigan, he was rattling the SEC cages, right, having satellite camps down the, in, in Alabama and, and Florida and whatnot here, and Saban wasn't happy about that. And there's always been that, that disconnect of the relationship with Saban and Harbaugh and I'm curious to see how this chess match will play out and how, how, how Harbaugh will approach this game because, you know, Harbaugh's going to say a couple of things, right, to kind of irritate Nick Saban in the lead-up to the Rose Bowl in Jan 1. So I, I cannot wait to see how this coaching match will play out with Harbaugh and Nick Saban. And the Texas Longhorns, it's amazing. Texas goes from being concerned and worried whether they're going to get in to everybody handing them flowers right now and pretty much sending them to Houston, Texas, which is amazing. So the... The Texas Longhorns basically go to New Orleans, which is like a quick bus ride, you know, from their campus, and then boom, back to their state. Minimal travel for the Texas Longhorns if they make it to the championship game. But I thought the Washington Huskies were greatly, greatly disrespected last week when they were 10-point underdogs against a Duck team that they beat again. And (laughs) I think they're being disrespected in this football game. I know Texas are flashy. People are always going to buy into Texas this and Texas that, but... All the Washington Huskies have done is answered every test that they've had to take, and now they're getting four, four and a half points in this game. People are just giving it. I think Washington could beat them. 100%. And, you know, we talk about DBU. The Huskies have a bunch of DBs that can that can lock up with the Longhorn receivers. Good call. I mean, the Texas Longhorns are physically gifted. There are a bunch of Adonis across the receiving board. We know that. Quinn Ewers will have a field day with his guys. But this is a well-coached team here, and that defense has been underrated this year. We talk about Michigan going up against good defenses and all that stuff here. This Husky defense, what we saw against Oregon, Gabe, remember, they held Bo Nix in check for the first half, right up until they had that, that, that split of points later on in the midway through the third quarter. But they held Bo, Bo Nix early on. If they can hold on to Quinn Ewers and keep him in check and really lock down his pass catchers, It'll put more stress on the running game for Texas to be the X factor than the arm of Quinn Ewers. So I just think in this situation right now, 
The Huskies, no one talks about their secondary. They're well coached and they play physical football. And that's the key for them. Can they get physical with this long corner uh, uh, offense attack that they'll go up against at the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans? You're right. They have they have playmakers on the defensive side of the football. And I like the game plan against the Ducks, too, offensively. If you'll notice, they ran the ball a lot more than they have been. Like you said, the oh, Huskies yeah. sort of went old-school Husky football and played smash-mouth football, and it caught the Ducks off guard. I think the Ducks were ready like for an aerial attack, and suddenly Washington were playing smash-mouth football. I would expect them to do the same thing against the Longhorns. I think the Huskies are going to think, you know what? Let's line up and punch these guys in the mouth, and then we'll we'll mix it up with with you know some deep shots down the field to Adunze. Another great great game right now. I'm thinking Michigan and Washington in the final. Like that's what my early sort of thought is. I can't wait. Can't wait. We'll wrap up with Mo on the other side. This is Portrait. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I can't believe we're done, but we are done. Shout out to our boy Matty G in the booth uh, tonight for uh, for Tommy. Uh, we got Mo Khan just so Mo. A couple of quick games. We only got about a minute and a half here with the quick games this week in the National Football League. The Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs uh, are, uh, you know, they've got problems uh, right now in their own right. They're two and a half point favorites hosting Buffalo, 425 Eastern start time. 47 and a half is the total. And the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are up to three and a half point favorites against the visiting uh, Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think about these two big games? Who do you like? Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys. I'm going Bills, Gabe. They're healthy. Coming off a of bye week, Chiefs are banged up, man. That secondary took a big beating yesterday. Uh, defense took a big beating yesterday against Green Bay. We lost two key uh, big hitters on the defense. So I'm curious to see how healthy will the Chiefs be uh, at home against the Bills. I think Buffalo comes away with a victory. Remember, they did beat them a couple years ago in KC. As for the Eagles and Cowboys, this is a blessing in disguise for the Eagles to get punched in the face by the Niners. I think the Eagles go down to Texas and come away with a big win and control their fate to be the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. 
It's a big statement game for the Dallas Cowboys. They only have one win against a team with a winning record, and that was last week against Seattle, who were 6-5, and five, now 6-6. Six and six. At some point, if you're Dallas, I know, you know, Dallas is going to the playoffs, Mo, but at some point, you got to win one of these games just for your own confidence, right? Like, you know what I mean? They got yeah. blasted by, you know, they got blasted by San Francisco earlier. You know what I'm saying? They got to win one of these sort of statement games. And right now, I'll ask you, who's the team to beat in the AFC? Because it doesn't look like Kansas City is, actually. Is it Miami? Is it Baltimore? Who do you think the team to beat is? The team to beat will be the one who's healthy, that has a great running game, and a strong defense. And right now, nothing's been determined yet, Gabe. I still think it's open right now. And with Jacksonville, we'll see what happens with Trevor Lawrence if he's out for a long-term period going forward. Yeah, we will. And we'll see if the Buffalo Bills can. This is it, right? They're running. This is it. They're running out of time. If they're going to light it up, this is the time to light it up, win this game. Then you host the Dallas Cowboys the following week. You win that game at home, and then suddenly you're on a roll, and you've got a swag, and you've got confidence back. Great job, everybody. Thank us, Mo Khan. Thanks, everybody, tuning in. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 